Good evening, and welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. My name is Eric Vondon. I'm your host, along with my co-host, Chad Patterson. Hello, how are you? That was, that was really poor. I didn't really like that one. Hello, how are you? Better. And my other host, Addison Elko. Hello, how are you? Oh, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's the enthusiasm. That's exactly what I did. Eh, I don't know about that's that. Literally the exact same I don't, thing I did. I don't you. know Thank about you. that, but yeah, Ad, Ad did it great. Ad, keep doing what you're doing, Chad. You gotta you gotta work you on just, that. I just got straight ripped off. Well, uh, that's for that's for our listeners to decide. But this week, um, we have a little bit of shorter of an agenda, so maybe we actually will keep it under an hour this week. But only time will tell. Um, so just to give you an agenda of what we're going to be talking about for the next 45 to 60 minutes. We're going to go over some NFL news and notes. Um, we'll go over some of the, very quickly, some of the pro days that have happened today, Dante Foreman and Dalvin Cook. We're going to go over some trades and bets that we've had in our league, just to discuss and, and get the overall dynasty opinion. We'll jump on some team profiles. This week we'll be doing King of the North, or the crazy Dutch bastard, Greg Muller. Of course. Uh, who you may remember from our Combine episode. I choose to forget. <laughs> as, as do most, as do most. And we'll be going over Rob Seckler, or Team Gorillers. Then lastly, we're going to do some Twitter poll trade evaluation, which I'm actually very excited for. We're going to go into this knowing nothing. So we'll just get a very right-on-the-spot opinion, so we can actually see if we have any knowledge whatsoever. We're not just uh, complete frauds up here. Mm-hmm. And lastly, um, we're going to play our ADP game and compare some of the ADP overall for standard startup drafts uh, as brought to you by Dynasty Nerds and we'll see which side we take. So you guys ready? Ready to go. Yeah, ready. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So this week is a, uh, a brief NFL news week. Um, really just Brian Quick to Washington. Brian Quick is just your ultimate potential guy. He came out of Appalachian State, perfect build, perfect speed, perfect size to be your prototypical number one receiver in the NFL. Unfortunately, just injuries, he never really panned out. Um, I was one of the people that fell for that, to be honest. I was high on Quick coming out. I bought shares of Quick earlier in, in our draft career. I mean, I've had most people, but he was one of the people I bought as well. And now he's really getting another shot in Washington. What are your thoughts on Quick? Do you think it's going to improve his stock in Washington? Um... I think he's going to be a wide receiver four in Washington. Okay. I think he's uh, he's behind um, Crowder, Terrell Pryor, and um, Josh Jackson there. Um, but it'll be it'll be cool to see because he never really had a quarterback in L.A. Um, and St. Louis. So I think if if he's going to that offense, he's going to have Kirk Cousins throwing to him, who's obviously better than any quarterback that he had previously. Um, so we'll see. Like you said, he's a big potential guy. He's a high ceiling guy. He's was he twenty seven? So he's still he's still got a lot a lot left in the tank. So I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see him in that offense. But yeah, I think he's going to be a wide receiver four there. I agree. My point was going to be the upgraded quarterback as well. I think more competition than he had in previous years. I get the potential part, but at what point is he just not as good as we think he's going to be? And he's been in the league for five years. Last year was his career high in yards. Not even 600 of them. So while you could say he's got the frame and the speed and the hype, it's been five years. And it's not like he's Treadwell where it's been one year and you're you know, you're still waiting and seeing. It's been five. This will be his sixth year. Yes, he's coming off his best year. But, uh, you know, for our league purposes, I think he's just a bi-week pickup. I don't even know if he's owned. But 
I don't think maybe someone would like take a stab at him in the fifth or sixth round in the draft because he's still old too. It's not like he's like we said Treadwell where he's young and unproven. He's twenty seven is not you know for especially for dynasty isn't super young. So I I don't see him being a uh, an everyday threat to start even in your in your flex spot. I, I agree with that. And to to his defense, I think it was 2014 or 2015. He had a, he actually had a great season through I, I want to say eight weeks, and then went down with a brutal shoulder injury that I I don't think he's ever recovered from. I mean, based on his stats and based on his actual position. But I agree with you there. Um, worth a shot on a flyer in the fourth or fifth round. Outside of that, I don't know if he's going to produce. I hope he does. I like him, but I, I don't think you'll he will. take a shot at him if you think Doxson's either not healthy or not going to pan out to be where they drafted him. And then maybe you're just banking on a wide receiver three. He takes over and actually, you know, becomes what you what you think he's going to be. Well, is it fair to say that he'll probably progress? I I don't know. I don't think so. To be completely honest, so I you mean, think he he'll could. stay the same, or you think he'll regress? I I don't think he'll do much of anything. To be completely honest, in Washington, I I want him to resurge, but I I don't think he will. I think if he repeats last year. If, 564 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, that's a that's, a, that's essentially nothing. Yeah. So uh, even if he increases, it's hard not to. And you know, if he stays the same and regresses, he's still a non-factor. Yeah. So. Yeah, sure. Plus, we're forgetting Jordan Reed there is there too. Yeah. So yeah. I. Yeah, too many other targets. Good depth addition, football wise, fantasy wise. I, I don't care about him. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I agree. Absolutely. So that's that's going to conclude our NFL news. Um, Nothing else really going on within the past week in that sense. So let's talk pro days. Um, recently, we have pro days for Florida State um, as well as for Texas. Uh, and really two notable guys there are Dalvin Cook and Dante Foreman. Um, how they actually did to improve their draft stock for fantasy. And we, we discussed this before the podcast. Dalvin Cook, I mean, ran the 40, did a little bit better than he did at the at the combine. I think he ran a Ran it twice, ran a 4-4 flat and a 4-4-3 versus combine a 4-4-9. I mean, we know he's explosive. We've seen it on tape. Um, it's a little concerning that he didn't run the three cone, but I really don't think his pro day actually changed his draft stock at all. I don't think – I think he's going to go two overall unless he goes to some awful, awful situation in the draft. But I don't think this, his pro day did anything to change it. Do you agree, disagree? I agree. I mean, people were starting to – you know, slide him down on their rookie draft after the combine. We didn't. So if that wasn't going to affect him for us, the pro, unless he just completely even blew up more in his pro day, which you said before we started here, pro day is usually a little inflated. Um, so obviously he did a little better. It's not That's not overall surprising. So for some rookie drafts or some other leagues, maybe this changes something. But for us, we had him at 102. And I agree, I don't see that changing, but it's still notable for maybe other leagues that you may be in that if you're not in our league. So, yeah, I think with him, situation is going to depend obviously where he's going to fall in our rookie draft. Um, one thing I did notice though, in the combine and uh, on the pro day highlights, he he is somewhat of a natural pass catcher. Um, he's a pretty good pass catcher out of the backfield, um, you know, cross patterns, slants, things like that. Um, he had a couple good catches. I think he had maybe one or two drops in the actual combine, but yeah, I mean, his hands have impressed me and I think he, he's definitely, he can definitely be a three down back in the NFL because he's kind of versatile. He does a, does a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. And that's, that's why I'm still, if I have two overall, if I'm Riggio, I'm, I'm going to take 
cooked. That's not a not a question there. Agreed. Another guy who had a pro day was Dante Foreman. And now, if if you paid attention at all today, he's he's a guy that looks like he helped his draft stock a lot. Um, a lot of people were kind of down on him, saying maybe he's just a plotter. He's not going to be great. Think of like Zach Stacy back in the day, just the guy who. But the only way he's going to put up points is based on pure volume alone. And I think I think he changed that. Um, I mean, granted, as we said, the stats are inflated. I think Brashad Perriman at his pro day last year ran like a 4-2 flat or something. Completely outrageous. Yeah. Um, so you want to know how generous that stop is. But he, he ran back-to-back 4-4-5s at 234. That's that's a nice size speed combination, to be mm-hmm, completely definitely. honest. Um, and you knew, you knew he's a bruiser. You know he can do it. Physically, it's just a matter of that speed, and based on this, it looks like he's going to improve his draft stock a little. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, his stock is up. Um, I've been high on Foreman from the get-go, and this kind of uh, got everyone else high on Foreman. Um, <clears throat> he's a three-down back, I think. Um, he didn't participate in the combine. I, f- I forgot why. I think it was maybe injury. Yeah. But this pro day was kind of his proving ground, and I think he proved it. I think that he... He is definitely going to shoot up the boards in, in Dynasty drafts. Um, and, yeah, I've always been high on him. I think he passed Kamara here and as maybe the, the third or fourth best running back. It's pretty high. Yeah, just a little tidbit that I got from, I think, maybe the same side we're reading maybe his times from. I, I don't know if it's one of those like arbitrary stats where it says, it says no running back weighing 232 pounds or more has run as fast as Foreman. So I don't know if you're at 230 through 31 where, if it, you know, it's like one of those like really specific stats. But still worth noting that his speed and size combo for a pro day, take it as you will, uh, was pretty impressive. And from our last mock draft, we had him at you know, 110. And I think we came to a somewhat consensus that this maybe moved him into the uh, the 108 range, 107 to 109 tier. So you were saying third or fourth uh, running back, I think. Yeah, besides Fournette, Cook, Mixon. McCaffrey, I think he's right there with the the fifth running back coming off the board. It just depends on, you know, between seven and nine, which team will either reach for running back or just wants a wide receiver. But yeah, I think that definitely uh, there was a lot of talk in our in our chat. So whether or not even people knew this was going on, I think just when you hear people's names, you, you your ears perk up and they just naturally start rising off the board. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and it, I, yeah, even just hearing names makes you want to watch film on them, sure. see what the hype's oh, about. I agree. Absolutely. That's uh, that's the excitement of draft season. You hear somebody new, you watch some film. Well, that was like in the, we talked Zay Jones, this is like off topic, but I remember the first time he cracked into either McShay's or Kuyper's first round pick, I'm like, who's this guy? And I just wanted to like, just find <laughs> yeah. everything I could about him. So yeah, that's what the pro days are for, right? Get your, get your hype up for the draft. It's in 30 days, 31 days. Something yeah. like that. And it's worth mentioning too, that, that P Ryan and Kamara are kind of falling a little bit in rookie drafts we've been seeing. Yeah. So that's that's also helping Foreman's case as well. Yep. Absolutely. Came at a good time. Yeah, I'm excited for both of their pro days as well. Excited. Obviously, we, we know this is way too early because landing spot is going to play a huge, huge role in this. But yeah, for everything. Yeah, right Right now, Foreman stocks up. If you haven't watched film on him, go for it. Uh, and yeah, yeah. That's, I'm excited for the draft. I need so a little, little change in our mock. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a new number eight. Absolutely. Um, so that being said, let's move on to some, some discussion. There's going to be a lot of banter back and forth for the next... 30, 35 minutes. We got a lot of discussion coming up. Three-way trade. We have we have a three-way trade, which was super exciting because, you know, I was included in it, like most other it was. trades. This trade took a while, too. This trade did take a while. There was multiple days of discussion, and then finally, I think it was more of we needed to get the deal done. We did. 
we did need to get the deal done to kind of go on with our lives. I knew you two have been formulating a three-way trade forever because I've been in a couple of them. Like, just not just like I haven't really been involved. You've just been throwing me in them. Did not expect Wire's name to be popping up on the the final trade for this. Well, honestly, on Saturday we we sent we four sent four <laughs> three-way trades yeah. out, and we got one bite, and that's all we needed. That's we needed all we one needed. Bite. So you want to go over it, Eric? Um, yeah, absolutely. So in this three-way deal, obviously three parties involved. Um, team one, Matt Wire, um, obtains Dante Moncrief, Kenny Stills, and pick twenty-nine in this year's draft. Our very own Chad Patterson obtained pick twenty-three and twenty-five in this draft, and myself obtained Golden Tate, pick twenty-one, and Chad's twenty-nineteen third. So. It seems relatively even. We did actually poll on our Twitter. Well, it doesn't um, seem even. It on the, on the based out, on the Twitter outside looking outside in, world did not not agree. even. And Chad, why don't you tell them how the results went? Uh, sure. The results were, I believe, out of 150 votes, 85 percent was the Moncrief side. The community still loves Moncrief. I, I'm gonna be honest. That's who I voted for in this trade. Now I don't know. I'm just looking at how you're saying this. You know, it, when you don't know who gave up what, it's a lot easier to vote for a side that's getting two young wide receivers. So when I saw it, I saw Moncrief personally as the best piece in this draft. Absolutely. You could argue maybe t- pick 21. Could you get some equivalent to Moncrief's value? But that's always a crapshoot. And I think Moncrief has the best value in this trade. We talked about Stills maybe not being the player he was last year with nine touchdowns, but he's still a possible wide receiver two or three on Miami, depending on Parker. And I think it's worth taking a shot at him, even though I wouldn't trade for him. And he falls a little bit. 29 would normally be, a, what, 301, but it's 213 in ours because of the yes. two picks being removed. So he's still in the still in the second round. He still has his first-round pick. And he got two young wide receivers, so maybe at his pick now he goes running back. Maybe now at 103 he doesn't go for – Mike Williams or Corey Davis, maybe he goes mixing that pick because he's got the insurance with his wide receivers now. I know he said Stills is on the block immediately, but whatever. I mean, if he wanted to go Moncrief to not have to reach for a wide receiver, then maybe that was his ploy all along. Chat. So Chad, what did you, you give up? Stills, the two ni- the twenty nineteen third, and twenty one and twenty one. So basically twenty one for twenty three and twenty five. So I can see why you liked it. You're just moving one pick for two picks within four picks of each other. My whole goal this offseason was to trade Stills. I didn't want Stills. I have too many wide receivers on my team. I offered him to about everybody. Couldn't get a third for him. Couldn't get a fourth. Would would have probably got a fifth from someone, but I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I think with this deal, I I look at it this way. I traded Stills and uh, my 2019 third for 25. That's the way I look at it. And then I moved up to 22 because 22 got taken away. Yep. Because of the pick removal, uh-huh. so I moved up one spot from twenty-one. So that's the way I kind of look at it. I got my second for Stills. Yeah, I lost the twenty nineteen third. It's two years away, whatever. And I moved, uh, I moved down one to, to twenty-two instead of twenty-one. So, so Eric, I'm curious your your side of this because I, I get you get the best pick out of this, but do you think the value of twenty-one? Are you just down on Moncrief now because you've always been a Moncrief guy? I, I go through waves on Moncrief. Um, I also love Golden Tate. I think this year specifically, Golden Tate outproduces Moncrief. To be completely honest, and that's that's the main reason I did the deal. But for your team, correct for for my team this year. I no, think, but so are you, is is just a avoid the the seller type of move because I think if you're you're a rebuilding team, I think Moncrief is more of a rebuilding guy. 
than Tate is. I agree. I, I honestly, um, I love I love Moncrief, but injuries are a concern. He's got a couple of concussions, which you don't know if where that's gonna go. Look at Jordan Cameron. Yeah, all the upside in the world, and now mm-hmm. can he even speak at this point? And he's what twenty seven. <laughs> And I'll um, him and Ladarius Green around. Ladarius Green may never play again. So that's that's that was more of my concern there. Not to mention this year, I, I need points this year. To be completely honest, my team is filled with just upside. I, I thought about that, and Tate is is guaranteed production barring a freak injury. So I looked at it that way, and I looked at it. I'm moving up eight spots now. I have 17 and 21, so I have two solid draft picks, especially this draft that's relatively deep. The 2019 third was honestly just a throw-in to compensate me in case Moncrief blows up, which, of course, he will. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I think Tate, specifically this year, outperforms Moncrief, and that was kind of the basis for the trade. And let's not beat around the bush, too. A little bit of your motivation was has to do with the bet that you made with that. It might be. It very well might be. Do you care to tell us what that was? So the bet would have to happen to be that if I don't make the playoffs – this year, or so by the time the 2019 draft starts, this bet was made a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, there was so a lot I of have... there was some shit talking going between me and Eric. Of course, Eric got a little frustrated at me because I was just telling him, like, Eric, you're never going to make the playoffs. You keep blowing up your team, and he bet me a first that he'd make the playoffs in four, like five years or four years, whenever it yep. was. Basically, 2019. Yeah. So season. I have I have 2017 season and 2018 season. To make the playoffs, or I have to void my 2019 first. So there's a couple of you have to you have to win now, but also you have a nice mix. So I was definitely thinking about that when I, I think you did that because there's some people that are not as high on grief as other people. So you could argue 20 pick 21 could give you this same value in a couple years that Moncrief is going to give you sure. for the rest of his career, especially in this class. Team. This class is loaded. Yeah, absolutely. like second round guys this year would have gone in the first last year. Definitely. So I'm going to say. I think anyone voting is going to look at the two players and think why are one. I don't think the poll indicates. I think it's a lot closer, you know, just value wise that all three of you got. But I can see why the poll swayed in, in favor of one. Yeah, oh, absolutely, hundred percent agree. Dynasty community loves young receivers. They do. They like any players. They I, love players. There's been like I think one poll that didn't involve a player that actually won. Yeah, I and, can't remember what it was. But most of them, if you throw a player in there, people just love. The, yeah, the, the guaranteed Brashad, the Perriman trade dominated. <laughs> like yeah. our league was like questioning it. Um, yeah, so that's that's the trade or the major deal that we. Yeah, had. all in all, I think all three parties are happy with it. Oh, one hundred percent. And I, I think it's funny too. Uh, that same night, Wire texted us both and said, "No offense, Chad, but I think me and Eric could just get this deal done." Wow. And then when Eric did. wouldn't do it, we we gave we gave him counter with the th- uh, the three way deal again, and Wire finally caved. And I, I honestly got cold feet too. I had to you get back get into it. Yeah. I pulled out, and then finally, I was actually in a meeting in New Jersey. And instead of paying attention to the meeting, I was like, "I need to get this deal done." I so I texted Chad. That's it. That's that's how it worked. That's uh, a day in the life or the day of the mind of, of Commissioner <laughs> Eric Von Duff. Yes. <laughs> um, so now moving on to another bet that actually occurred in our league. It's actually a very interesting one, and I'm I'm torn. I think this is going to be a game time choice. This is going to be close. On the air. Yeah. Very very close. Um, the two betting parties were Addison and Itzler? No, uh, Muller. Muller and Itzler. No, Muller and me. Muller and Addison. <laughs> there we go. Third time's a charm. Um, but basically, the bet involved who would have a better or more productive fantasy season in our league. So, 0.5 PPR. Adam Thielen or Jamison Crowder? Um, 
off the top of my head, being a Treadwell supporter, I'm going to have to go with Jamison Crowder. I like Crowder a lot, even with the addition of TP. I think they're two complete opposite players that complement each other very well. And I, I think Crowder is going to do very well in that offense this year specifically. Not not saying that Thielen won't do won't have a solid season as a as a late wide receiver too. I think he's very good. I've made attempts at obtaining Thielen, but haven't come through. Um, from me? No, from who who has him now? Muller. So you didn't want Thank him at you. all when I had him. Thank but now you. that Greg has him, you're all after him? I, I debated it. Oh, um, such a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get rid of him. I'm the one so I traded Thielen to Greg at the at the by cut time. I could not get rid of him. Him and Snead were two guys that I thought would have some dynasty value, who no one wanted at all. I don't, I just I didn't understand it, and eventually I traded him to Greg for a third, a fifth, and with a clause that if he comes in the top twenty eight, that I will get his second round pick, and then you know I, I've been high on Crowder for a while. Obviously, I made this bet, so I think Crowder is gonna is gonna win. I think Thielen. Like, I had him in another league last year. Obviously, PPR he was great. He had a couple games where he just exploded. I think they're both equally consistent as far as their game to game production, as far as games they can maybe not blow up. Like you know, they're not consistently getting you say fifteen a game, but they can give you the twenty plus, or they can give you the single digit points per game in fantasy. And, you know, we were just reading the article, uh, a Redskins article, just saying that Crowder may be the go-to receiver just because of the poor, like, the undisciplined route running of the other receivers that are on that roster. So, I, I, I'm going Crowder. I made the bet, and I just think with Diggs coming back, and I just still don't love their quarterback situation. I don't think Teddy's coming back this year. He's still recovering that. I don't think he's repeating what he did last year. Yeah, that's one thing I will say is Terrell Pryor is not the best route runner in the world. The Browns do not have great route running receivers. Even Corey Coleman's raw coming out. Josh Gordon didn't even attempt to run routes. Yeah. Terrell Pryor, no. They don't really have many of them. Well, for me, I think this is close. Like, super close. Oh, absolutely. And just to be different, I'm going to go with Adam Thielen. Okay. Why? And my reason would be because we just spoke about how many weapons the Redskins have. And I get your counterpoints. But... In Minnesota, I don't trust Treadwell. Diggs is the number one. Thielen's the number two. They lost Cordell Patterson. So I think that Thielen's just going to get way more targets. And Sam Bradford, I think, was the most accurate pass in the league last year. He was. So um, I'm going to go with Thielen here. He's but not, a, by, not by much. He is a check down guy. I just think, I don't know how efficient. I think Washington had a much more, because we always say how much more they pass the ball. I think their offense is just seems to be on the field more. I, I just... Don't look at Vikings as some like prolific offense, especially now with AP with no AP. Yeah, I mean he wasn't there last year, and Thielen did fine. But yeah, I know I agree it'll be close. I don't think it's coming down to more. I don't think bearing injury, we didn't put an injury clause. That's just going to be part of it. Um, I think it'll come down to the last few weeks. Yeah, I I don't think there's going to be like a a clear winner by week nine or ten. And this is only going to be for our thirteen week regular season. So no playoffs and no games afterward. So, I hope to win the 50 bucks. Plus, we'll see what they do in the draft, too. I mean, maybe either of those teams drafts another receiver. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they will take... I, I don't know about the Redskins. I'm sure, 100% sure the Vikings will take a receiver at some point. Yeah. Well, best of luck Thank to, you. to both parties, yep. except Muller. Um, 
let's move on to t- let's move on to his team profile if we're gonna talk smack about him. What a beautiful transition. There. That's it. That was. I mean, they don't give me the host status for no reason, Chad. I'm sorry. To never <laughs> doubt you. Um, so let's move on to the king of the north, Greg Muller. It seems very good. He's a perennial... Well, actually, I can't even say that. He missed the playoffs last year, didn't he? Because of the Mar- Marshawn Lynch... This Thomas year he Moore, made it year two, before. Year before year, he, two years ago. That's because he was just injury-ridden. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he won the league the first year, missed the playoffs as an injury, and then I think he was in the top four uh, this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's always going to be good. I mean, he's he knows more about football than anyone I know. He's on top of his dynasty stuff. I mean, as much as we bash him... He knows a lot Absolutely. about football. And especially since he stopped sleeping, too. He has more time <laughs> to, to study. Yeah, it's true. So but, let's let's take a look. Or let's break down his team. Um, so at quarterback, I mean, you really can't get better than this. The potential-wise, upside-wise, age-wise, Andrew Luck. Love everything about Luck. Wide receivers, same thing. Um, you have Amari Cooper, Jordy Nelson going down the list. Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, Alshon Jeffrey. So he's... Pretty that's much loaded. That's five deep of a receiver. minimal flex. Absolutely. Basically all wide receiver ones and twos and maybe feelings of flex. Yeah, well, if Ke- Keenan Allen might even be his flex at that point, which is absurd. When Keenan Allen's on the field, he's a top five player. A lot of questions with injury with these guys, like Keenan Allen, obviously, and Elshon Jeffrey. Yeah. But. Of course. Yeah, I mean, if they're healthy. Running, running back, even. Well, running back, depending on how Todd Gurley bounces back. But Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, um... Took an upside shot on Andre Ellington, hoping that he would get signed somewhere else. Unfortunately, he didn't, but and one Lewis. injury away. And Deion Lewis, one injury away. And hopefully Deion Lewis, a solid PPR back. We don't, never know what the Patriots are going to do, but yeah. if he's playing there, he's got a, got a good shot. And lastly, at tight end, I mean, not many other guys you would want over this guy, but Greg Olson. Um, so very strong team. Stacked. Stacked team. That's what it comes down to. Um, what did we have him at? Four in the... Yeah, that just shows you how competitive the top little echelon. But the power ranking we had was also based, you know, fair or not on, excuse me, picks we had this year. We've noted the last episode he doesn't have any, but just on a team breakdown, I mean, his team's stacked. But, you know, Gurley had a disappointing year last year. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen staying healthy is, is pretty vital for his team. And same with Elshon, I agree with you, Chad. I mean, if he's healthy... The guys he has has huge upside. He pretty much has four wide receiver ones that he'll throw in there every week. He doesn't even need De- Deion Lewis in his flex. That's just going to be, I think that'll just be a buy throwing for him if these guys are healthy. Um, I think even Ingram got hurt two years ago, too, because Hightower was like the money playoff waiver wire yeah. pickup. So he's been pretty banged up. And even Lux, he had surgery in offseason, right? And he he's like every guy he's had besides Cooper has been a little, little dinged up. Yeah. So, that's no fault to him. They're all young. It's not like he has these old, you know, besides Alshon, you know, injury-ridden veterans. These are just weird injuries. It's like Gronk. Is he injury-ridden? Is he not? He's young. These guys, kind of the same deal. Same with, like, Keenan Allen had a spleen or whatever. <laughs> like, that's not something you have to, you think about when you're drafting a guy. So, yeah, I mean, I hate that he's into my division and I have to play him twice a year and he's stacked. Fun fact, though, he has no picks this year. None. No picks this year, one pick next year. It's a first, which is great, but one yeah. pick over two years. I'm surprised he hasn't already weaseled his way into like three firsts or like 101. He's tried. I he's, think he's waiting. He's had a uh, 
preliminary handshake with Riggio. Well, because Ridge has been super stingy. He's been he's been super stingy. I thought he was going to cave at this point. He's been he's been uh, great. He Stay strong, Ridge. Greg's been Greg's been shopping Cooper around, trying to yeah. get into the the top two picks. So I think he knows just how. You know, if you're trading Cooper, you're banking on staying healthy with with Keenan and Alshon. So it's it's a I don't want to say a huge risk, but it's definitely a risk. I know what you're getting at one hundred two, but yeah, it's losing agree. a pretty high. I mean, Cooper's it's a top, a top 10, ten easily yeah, startup pick. Yeah, startup pick. So yeah, I think his only weakness is <clears throat> is running back depth. Honestly, he, yeah. I mean, Gurley, he's probably going to bounce back this year. Ingram, he, he's always been consistent in in New Orleans. Deion Lewis. They have a loaded backfield. You never know who's going to score, who's going to do what, any given game. Yep. Especially with uh, Rex Burkhead going there. I mean, they're kind of the same player, yeah. honestly. And Deion Lewis was hurt last year. Or yeah, yeah. He missed like the first like seven or eight weeks. I I'm, I think he's banking on trading, maybe even after the draft, trading a receiver for running backs. I think he will trade one of them for well, running backs. I think that's why I was trying to get to two and either take Cook or Mixon. Well, I was even solidify. thinking like a current, somebody current, like not not like a Spencer Ware, but somebody who's going to start and, and produce. It is noted he had Lacey and, and, and traded him. Yes. So that was he lost a little bit of his depth there, but I think that was a good sell. Oh, yeah. Lower high. Whatever. I mean, I forgot what he got for him, but. He must not like uh, Seattle Seattle running backs. He traded Rawls, too. Yeah, that's right. Well, that was There's a good Too trade. many question marks, yeah. 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 Too many. You don't know who's going to emerge. But. If but he, yeah, if he doesn't make the outlook. playoffs, that'll be surprising. It'll be due to injury again. 100%. Let's move on to another possible playoff team based on our rankings. The Gorillers. Rob Seckler has done a lot to improve his team. Uh, let's run through it. it. It was very bad. And now it's it's actually strong. It's a possible sixth seed in the playoffs. Uh, quarterback Andy Dalton. I mean, Andy Dalton is a question mark. You don't know whether you're going to get an elite QB1 or the low QB3. Um well, you need AJ Green to be healthy for Andy Dalton to be absolutely one hundred percent relevant, one hundred percent correct. And same with Tyler Eifert; they're both healthy. Yeah, he's a solid, solid quarterback play. Wide receivers: we have Doug Baldwin, Rashard Matthews. We're also looking at Marquise Lee, Tyler Boyd, and Deshaun Jackson. So, all relatively consistent players. No overwhelming number one, I guess, unless you want to classify Doug Baldwin as an overwhelming number one, but. Just solid points. That's it. He's just going to yeah. produce, which is which is great. You need that to win fantasy games. No, not as much upside, but production. Then oh, and Brandon Cooks completely missed over Brandon yeah, Cooks. Brandon so there's Cooks there's your number one. He's deep. He's definitely deep. He's very very deep. Uh, running back, so, solid depth as well. A, a little bit more question mark at running back, but he's got Paul Perkins, Tevin Coleman. We're looking at Matt Jones, Demarco Murray. So maybe a little bit more question marks at running back, but DeMarco will produce. Tevin Coleman looks great even in timeshare with Devontae Freeman. And then he's got upside guys where if the Giants don't take a running back, Paul Perkins may be given a strong strong amount of carries this season. You never know with Matt Jones. Then oh, and Thomas Rawls, like we were just talking about, another another shot. And then lastly, Zach Ertz, who was a, a top five tight end last year too, and it doesn't look like he's going to reg- uh, regress. Yeah, his team is just solid. Like, yeah, I can't really it. think of a better word than solid. That's it. It's not over, overwhelmingly exactly. strong. It's just he's going to produce, and if your team drops the ball, he's going to beat you. Yeah. What I think was going to drive him crazy, because we noted how he doesn't have a lot of standout, obviously you got to start him, guys, is week to week. He's going to be like, who the hell am I going to be starting? And that can make or break his playoff chances if he leaves you know, 40, 50 points on his bench, which I can see him doing even if he starts the right guys. He yeah, can be right. leaving a lot of points on his bench, so... I think feeling out those first few weeks with some of these guys in new situations 
and what their roles are going to be or how they're clicking. And if he doesn't predict or, you know, start the right guys, he could fall. He can lose his first couple of games if he's Absolutely. not starting the right lineup, even though we had him at six. Um, it's all going to depend on, you know, being the good GM and starting the right guys. But yeah, I'm looking at the his roster from the end of week 13. He was starting. I have Crowder, but he was starting Crowder. Uh, Jeremy Curley, Sammy Coates, Austin Hooper. I mean, that was what he was throwing out there to start. So he really revamped his team significantly. And we'll see if, you know, a favorable schedule and good GM decisions if he can make his way to the playoffs because it's a deep roster. Yeah, Rob knows what he's doing. He's very he's very quietly, like a quiet assassin, but he knows what he's yeah. doing. And I've given him, we, we trade a lot. So he has Coleman Ertz and DeMarco Murray courtesy of me. So nice we, we do a little, we do a lot of exchanging for each other, but yeah, I think the, uh, I think the Murray will be a, a pretty big boost to his, his lineup this year. Cause we talked about the kind of question marks, at least dynasty wise, you could say yes, but if you threw in Murray and have him and Coleman on there week to week, I still think Murray has one, one to one and a half, say years of like elite RB one production right. before Henry takes the reins. But they could, the coach or GM, I don't know who came out and said it today, but he will continue to be the workhorse going forward he said that last year and he had a top five running back season so yeah and Absolutely. i not mention paul perkins too he could, he could be the number one in new in new york yeah we don't know if they don't sign ap if they don't sign AP. <laughs> foreshadowing um let's move on to it's going to be a nice block of of discussion here we're going to start out with some Twitter evaluations, we're going to go through. I think we have two trades that we picked on Twitter. To we evaluate. do. We just uh, what we did is we went to Twitter, went and searched hashtag Dynasty Trades. That's where we post all of our polls as well. And we just were scrolling through, and we I was looking for some some fairly even trades. And um, you get the results of them? Yeah, I got the results of them too. So okay. I, I want to get your guys' opinions. I'll give my opinion, and then um, I'll reveal what the community thought. Okay. Sounds good to me. Throw them out there. All right. So the first one we have is one hundred and three. Okay. Wow. And Hunter Henry. Ooh. Four. 107. 109. And 112. Wow. It's a big boy deal. That is a big boy deal. <laughs> I love that. I love everything about that. And I, honestly, I don't know what side of the fence I'm on. So I, I know what side of the fence I'm on. I, I'll go first. So okay. I think if you take it, I'm looking in two sections. If Hunter Henry were to somehow get caught and re-put in the draft right now, I think he goes around 112. I think he'll still go around the 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 hype of the tight ends coming in now because he's he had the hype, and unlike some tight ends that take a couple years to develop, he, he proved he can play. And do I think you could trade 109 and 107 for 103? I would say no, you would not get that deal done. So I'm going to take the 103 and Hunter Henry side. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. And... I'm actually on the exact same page. It, just because if you're looking at our draft, 103 is, is you're getting an elite talent. You're getting a Joe Mixon. You're getting a Corey Davis. You're getting either the top wide receiver right. or a top running back in an elite class of running backs, right. which you, is can be irreplaceable. Look at Zeke. He yeah. can change a team. That's the whole reason Kojak's still in the league. <laughs> um, and then Hunter Henry, you're looking at 109, 112. That's where you're going to take a tight end. So I'd much rather have the proven talent in Hunter Henry than actually an unproven tight end. Although the upside may be stronger with the tight end, they haven't done anything yet. They may still have to sit three years. I'm going to take the points now with a guy who's only 23, 24 years old. I, I agree with you 100% there. I agree. Chad? So I'm do, I'm going to say, based on the, on the mock that we did uh, last week, 
So it's what you either have rather have Corey Davis and Hunter Henry. Okay. Or John Ross, Dante Foreman, and Zay Jones. I'd, I'd still rather go Davis and, and Hunter Henry, even when you put it like that. I think that makes it way closer, though. Yeah, that does. I, I agree. I agree. That's a little bit of doubt. But I, I still... I still I'm going to stick with my gut how I broke it down, and just for pure value. Uh, maybe hope that someone maybe oh, you know doesn't take a cook, and it could follow me at 103. I kind of want to track this to see what has more points at the end of the season. Just remember this, this specific trade, and then... Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking 112 is a tight end spot. If you, I agree. If, you're, if you don't need a tight end, then I, I think you're you get... You're trade out. Yeah, well, I'm, okay, but I'm just saying, like, if you're set a tight end and you have... I think you probably side with the three picks, but I was thinking out of it as just kind of, like, where we're targeting certain players to go, maybe, like, what, what I would do, because I have 112 and I'll be targeting a tight end, and I would... I guess trade that for Hunter Henry right now. I don't know. I would, I would be hesitant, but I probably would still rather have the 103 and Henry. Yeah, and here's the thing: they're both rebuilding moves. So oh, it's basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. like if you're high on Henry, then it, then go with Henry's side. If or you're if you're going depth, yeah, or, or just banking on the depth of the yeah. first round. Yeah. So I, I think I personally would also lean 103 and Henry, but it's not by a lot. No. What did the uh, What did the community say? So the community said 38 percent. The three picks and sixty-two for one hundred three hundred. There we go. So we were all correct. Woo! There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Community. <laughs> but as we all know, the community loves the player. They so. do. Yeah. They do. So uh, what's, <laughs> what's the second trade here, Chad? Second trade. This one received two hundred and fifty votes. Wow. Okay. Now go with me here. Okay. <laughs> Side A, David Johnson. Wow. And Philip Rivers. And side B. Your boy, Dante Moncrief. Okay. Jameis Winston. 108. A late 2018 first. A 2019 first. Oh my god. And a 2019 second. I just need to digest that for a second. That's, that's a lie. It's that's a heavy, a lot that's digest. a big boy trade. I mean, but that's that. that's the type of deal that you're looking at for David Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I mean, 100% agree with that. You're not going to give up David Johnson unless you're getting something like that. Right. I mean, he's giving three firsts, which... And plus Moncrief and Winston. That's enormous. Yeah. Well, yes. I, I'm Personally, I know the dynasty value. I'm not getting... I'm not going to jumble my brain over the Rivers versus Winston thing. That pretty me like to me that's a wash. I yeah. understand Rivers has less time, and you know Winston has a little bit of an upgrade with Jackson this year. But quarterback to me is it's you're splitting hairs. So with you're those canceling two guys. those two out. I'm canceling those two out. Okay. So I'm really saying, do I want David Johnson or do I want Moncrief and three firsts and a second? So make it simpler. I, I really don't, the second's whatever too. I think I'm just gonna simplify it to. Da- I know you can include it, but Moncrief and three first for David Johnson for Moncrief and three first and a second. I think I, I think it being a late 2018 first makes a difference, and I think being 108 kind of makes a little bit of a difference too. Yeah, if you were going to give me maybe 103, 102, you know, you're taking a shot at a rookie yeah. running back or early 2018 first. You don't know what the 2019. That's two years. It's hard to project teams that you're getting potentially three firsts that may not even have a, a huge, you know, franchise changing player. Yeah. Or Donacy changing player, you could just have a bunch. That's gonna be three flex guys. So I think David Johnson's worth more than that. Yeah, I, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, I, obviously we don't know the exact structure of the league, but if we're just looking at our league specifically, 
I would stay with the, with the David Johnson, Philip Rivers, exactly like I said. I mean, although it's nice to have a Jameis Winston and plug him in, I, I traded for Jameis Winston and just not even think about it. Philip Rivers is still going to put up the points. David Johnson is a top three player in fantasy. I mean, what more could you want? Like I said, the rest of the first are, although you could luck out and maybe like a Mueller situation where everyone gets hurt, it's a top six pick. But even at that point, what are we looking at next year? The, the running backs are going to go one, two, three, four, probably, unless you like Christian Kirk or whatever. We'll get into that in another episode. Um, yeah, I would still go David Johnson, Philip Rivers here. I don't even think if it was thinking about if I had David Johnson, say it was like the 108 is like a 104 and it's an early 2018 first. So basically like two picks in like the 105 range. I still think I'm doing that. I, I think at that point, if I, if I was locked into like 104 or 103 next year and then like a 104, 105 this year, I'd probably do the trade. I would probably take the other side. But since it's eight and a late 2018 first, I'm mm-hmm. going to say no. I think this is a win now and a, and a rebuild. Yeah, yeah we also don't know team structure. We don't know team structure. I think it's a lot of quantity over quality. I think you throw the three Smoke first and the young Moncrief at someone, they might think to give up a David Johnson, but as we've seen, that is such a pivotal person. If you could just have that top three, for he's going to have that for years. And we, you know, him and Bell carried his team, and I don't think these three picks are going to be carrying anyone into a championship. In a, in a past yeah. life, this is an exact deal I would have been... You would have been, been all over the first. So you don't think this in. is even at all? You think this is... No, I, I, I take by by a strong amount, I would take the Rivers and, and Johnson. I agree. Okay. I think um, I think going back to what I said in the previous one, that let's let's mock 108. So let's say it's Foreman. So Moncrief, Winston, Foreman, a first next year, a first 2019, and a second 2019. You're still going with... Yeah, yeah it's it's too far spread out. It's too okay. far spread out. We don't know what the picks really are going to be. Most likely late. It's how well, how often do late first round picks? Get? I almost I, think the 107, 109, 112 is a, a better value than 108 late 2018 late or whatever 2019. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And we wouldn't do that for 103 essentially. So I and and Hunter Henry and 103 and Hunter Henry is no. I don't think anywhere near David Johnson. I know we're combining two trades, but I'm just saying, like, I think David Johnson's worth more than 107, 109, 112, and when I think that's worth more than the four first, or three first you have here, so. I think if I were a David Johnson owner, I wouldn't do this. Yeah, yeah. so coming from that perspective, yeah, correct. I, I don't think Rogers would do this. No. So what, what did the community say? So it's just got 250 votes. That's a, that's a great number of votes. It's split even 50-50. Really? Really? Yep. The last one was That's more lopsided. crazy. Yep. That's I mean, if you're crazy. high on Moncrief, we discussed that on the other trade. If you're high on Moncrief. That's it. The community loved Moncrief. And you can think it. he's like a solidified wide receiver too, young with high upside. I, I guess. Like, obviously these combined picks are going to score more points in, you know, aggregate than David Johnson, but. Yeah, but you probably can't start them all. Exactly. That's, yeah, yeah, it's just that's, people love to throw a lot of pieces yeah. And that's like the, like I said, quantity over quality. 100%. But the community. David Dodgers has, just has so much more value. He's just a dying breed at, at running back. Absolutely. Well, and the stats keep coming out. Like, he would have been like a top 10 wide receiver. Just with, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whatever yeah. it would have yeah. been, it was just sick with the kind of year he had. But then also, you could argue the shelf life of a running back like that is not very long. But that's Absolutely. what you're going to do. That's what you're saying. It's a win yeah. move. It, yeah, there's, there's points and counterpoints I here. Gave, I think David Johnson's a. 
the perfect dynasty. I don't think it's a win now move. That's just a dynasty. That's mm-hmm. like the elite. That's the best thing you could do for dynasty. Well, I'm say- we're saying if you hold, if you have David Johnson, he's a win now. Like you're that that'd be a rebuild move for you if you have David Johnson and you're trading for those picks. I know, but that, I think this. I think that's yeah. a, that's like what Eric used to do. I just think holding on to David Johnson is just the right the move. move. That's, oh, yeah. that's just that, that's just oh, a yeah. move. That's not a rebuild or or trading him as a rebuild or keeping him as a win now. Just you don't trade David Johnson unless yeah. you're getting like an absurd amount of picks. And not not many rookies get inducted to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> not many rookies <laughs> get inducted to the Hall of Fame. We'll leave it at that. Um, so now from a little bit more argument, but a different method. We're going to look at, like we did last week, um, some similar ADPs. The Would You Rather. The Would You Rather game, as, as we like to call it. To I, cap I it off. It's, it's catchy. It's great. It's provocative. It gets the people going. Good news. We might not hit an hour. Ooh. ooh. We're, we're at 44. You hear that, listeners? How can we stall 10 minutes? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so that being said, without stalling for 10 minutes... We're going to look at three different discussions here. So the first we're going to take a look at, all very close, obviously with the same or essentially the same ADP. This one at 135.5 as opposed to Dynasty Nerds, and I think they do like six or seven drafts in a row for the specific month to do it. I'm not sure the exact number, but that's how they get their ADP data. So this is for February. 135.5, you have Taylor Gabriel versus Charles Sims. It's super close. You're, I mean, you're, you're looking at your your third running back, third receiver, or flex player at the spot, which could be boom or bust, or they, they could win you a week, they could lose you a week. Yeah. So it, it's a good discussion, especially if you're doing it in season. In this case, I think everyone knows who I'm going to pick here. I love Charles Sims. <laughs> I absolutely love Charles Sims. I think he's very versatile. He's your perfect third down running back where it's an unclear situation, and I think he can get early down reps. We don't know who's going to be there. We don't know what Doug Martin's doing. We don't know, um, honestly, their their third, Jaquiz Rogers. Did he get caught? I'm not sure. I don't think, I I actually think think he got still, I think he got re-signed. That's a good point. So we don't know, and I think Charleston's could easily beat them both. You got Peyton Barber there, too. They got Peyton Barber there, too, but he's he's an early down plotter, too. It's the same exact situation. Sims is a better, I think, player. But like I said, if you want to argue that, yes, you can put Peyton Barber out there for first and second down and then mix it up on third down. That's a fair point. But I, I think I still take Charles Sims upside. Taylor Gabriel looked great this season, but they have so many weapons, and Matt Ryan's so good at distributing the ball. I, I wouldn't count on that as much as I would count on Charles Sims, and that's why I would take Sims there. Okay, that's fair. You know, Well, you know how much I also love Sims. We do We do have an, an affliction. You traded for, me Sims, then I Charles traded Sims. you Sims right back. <laughs> um, but... Surprisingly, I'm going to go with Tyler Gabriel here. Okay. Taylor Gabriel here. The reason would be because Sims is very injury prone. He okay. he got hurt last year. I believe he missed games the year before as well. Um, and when he had the chance to be the number one, he didn't. He didn't impress. He didn't impress me. He's only going to be a third down complimentary back. And Atlanta's just too good. Their offense is too good. They spread the ball around. Gabriel put up huge numbers last year. He's a big play guy. Um, I think I, we spoke about this a little bit last week that when a player goes to a new team and a new scheme, they thrive. They can thrive. He, Taylor Gabriel went from the Browns to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Quite the quite the flip of uh, <laughs> of schemes there. So yeah. I got to go Taylor Gabriel here. Add. 
I mean, I'm a Gabriel owner. I picked him up, I don't even remember what week last year, and just kind of held on to him. And it was only, I think, a week after he exploded, and he really started putting up, like, huge back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks. Uh, Chad, you pretty much took all my points. I, I was going to say the same thing about his injury, the same thing about when Martin wasn't there. He, he wasn't just like, oh, my God, this is what, you know, Charles Sims is a clear RB1. He, he had his chance, and we're still questioning if he could be that guy. And I don't, I'm not jumping out of my seat for a possible complimentary third down back. I get for possible flex starters, if you think he's going to get the PPR, maybe some goal line looks for a passing touchdown. But for a startup, I mean, Julio's aging. We obviously know he has only elite years left. But someone's going to fill that void. And I don't see why it can't be, not him as a wide receiver one, but him being a high volume guy in that really prolific offense. And it showed last year. And, you know, Julio was even a little banged up last year. Did he take advantage of that? And that's fine with me if he took advantage of a banged up Julio. Maybe he digresses a little this year, but Julio can't play forever. And Gabriel's only 26, so, you know, waited out a year or two. And I think he's still going to put up good numbers this year and could put up high, you know, wide receiver two plus numbers, you know, if Julio starts to digress. So, and I just like, I just, I don't know, I just like wide receivers. I just, I just have, I've always had a high wide receiver team just because Running backs just always get hurt, and there's always a lot of turnover, and just I don't know, maybe maybe to a fault, but I always just try to scoop up running backs, like you know waiver type players, because people are gonna go down. It's a good, it's not a bad strategy, and it played out for you. You did you did win a championship. Yeah. Um. So let's now actually shift gears to the quarterback, which, like we said, we don't really talk about very often because they're kind of devalued in in our specific format. Not to mention if if you play in a QB premium league or anything like that, which would be the exact opposite. But for us, they're not as important. Let's take a look at, at an interesting one. Two young guys. Um, one guy who's who's been down. One guy who's just all hype at this point. We're going Blake Bortles versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Both with an ADP data, according to Dynasty Nerds. 165.25 for Bortles. 165.5 for Garoppolo. So very, very close. I know who I'm going to take here. Obviously. We all know who I'm going to take here. Actually, Chad, you just go first. I think we all know who I'm going to take here. Yeah, Chad, be the deciding factor. Who are you taking at this spot? I'm going Jimmy G. Thank Um, you. I was surprised to find, uh, Ad pointed out earlier, that Jimmy G is actually older than Blake Bortles uh, by a year, I think. Yeah. But, you know, there's talks of Bortles being benched in Jacksonville. I mean, will will that come to fruition? Who knows? But... You know, the hype is real on Jimmy G. He, he stood out when he started in New England. And depending on where he goes, um, I, I would take Jimmy G here. Well, I think that's my main argument is just to where he goes. So obviously, wherever, whoever, whether or not the Browns trade for him, which I think I would still rather have Bortles, or they let it ride, let him go to free agency, I, I just don't know why they would do that, the Patriots, and not try to get... Not even something out of him. A lot for him. I mean, they can get a lot for him. This isn't some, you know, veteran they're just going to release instead of getting a fifth for him. I mean, they can get two firsts for this guy, and instead of just, you know, letting him walk potentially next year because they're not going to let Brady go. Brady wants to play. He's playing unless he just shits the bed this year and really shows his age. They're not cutting or like keeping Garoppolo over him. But maybe you know, Bill could surprise you. So I think he does get traded. I think they're just playing, playing coy and just waiting until some team gets super desperate and the quarterback market dries up, and then they pounce on it. So if he gets traded to, to Cleveland, 
I'm I'm taking Blake a year younger, way better weapons. And I mean, I get the hype train. He's played like three games. I I get it, but Bortles has had back to back. I know last year was a digression, but back to back QB one seasons where last season was unbelievable. He's getting a new coach, new new everything, working on his mechanics. I'm still taking Blake. I, I get the Garoppolo pick, and I get why it's so close, but I'm taking the way more proven with weapons over where is he going, and he's played three games. That's, fair. That's a good point. I, would, I also want to point out the um, – I'm scared of the Matt Flynn effect. Okay. Where Matt Flynn, was, he played like one great game in Green Bay when Favre was hurt, I believe. Yeah. Then he gets signed to this huge contract in Seattle, and then we never hear from him again. Well, who was who was uh, when Brady went down the one year? Matt Castle. I mean, that's I mean, if you want to argue Brady or Belichick. I mean, he fills in, wins eleven games. I don't think they make the playoffs, but you can argue that's just the system. Sure. And what do you do after that? So I agree with you. It could exactly. just be, or is Jimmy another product of the system? I'm not. I wasn't even trying to, you know, connect those dots. But that could just be, you plug anybody in there, and. You know, because Belichick's a genius, you're there's going to make you look better than you are. It's it's truly a toss up. Yeah, I my my side specifically, I I, th- I think Garoppolo is a different quarterback than the other two. He's a much quicker release, and I think he's much smarter from a NFL IQ standpoint. The reason I would take Garoppolo over Bortles specifically is because at this point, I most likely ninety nine percent already have taken my quarterback. So neither of these guys are going to start on my team. I'd rather take the upside of Garoppolo to back me up. And worst case, if he doesn't start, I waiver wire Joe Flacco or Colin Kaepernick or someone like that, as opposed to keeping Bortles on my bench. That's that's my thought process. But, I, I, I mean, I think you could start Bortles on your team and be a competing team. He's been a QB1, I think, I can't remember the first year I had him. I didn't even start him the first year I had him. I think I was riding with Cutler. But last two seasons, I mean, what, what more do you want from... Twenty four and a QB one. I, I basically I, I want the confirmation that it's going to keep his job. After, after that, okay. it probably changes. Yeah. Yes, I would lean towards Bortles. So that's the main hindrance this, on you is just correct. how he responds to a down year. Exactly. Okay. On, on at this point, I would take Garoppolo. If if it comes out camp stories, he's the locked in starter. I'm absolutely taking Bortles. But I think at that point he I might shoot see, up draftwards. Bortles is going to be the starter. It's does he come out how the long? first game and throw three picks in the first half, yeah. and then then yeah. that's oh, when he's absolutely. getting benched. He's starting the first game. It's just whether or not. They start over three, and he's throwing four touchdowns and yeah. ten picks, and then they look to take a different direction. One hundred percent. But yeah, that that is definitely a close one. Um, so now the last one, or where we'll end the show at this point, it's another interesting one as well, uh, similar to the first one because we're getting later with these picks. We wanted to not go as common where we're com- comparing Amari Cooper and Mike Evans and things like that. We want to go a little bit deeper. Uh, so this one we're actually looking at Chris Thompson and Jalen Rashard. Um, both young, both PPR backs at 196.5 and 196.75, um, Thompson and Richard, respectively. Who are you taking? Richard. Why? I'm taking Richard because there's really no one else currently in the Oakland backfield besides DeAndre Washington. It's really those, those two are in the backfield. Um, they lost to Davis Murray, obviously. Jalen Richard, I think, had the best elusive rating, if I remember correctly, in the league last year. Um, and he's going to get his chance this year, and I want to see what he's going to do with it. Chris Thompson, he's had chances, and he's been he's a solid, consistent yeah. little third-down PPR guy. But I think Jalen Richard has a true chance of shining next year, so we'll see. 
I agree. He's younger, and at this point of the draft, I'm going to take a shot on someone who can be more than just a, a you know bye week bye week throwing guy for me. So I agree. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with Jalen. I'm a, I'm actually gonna go with with Chris Thompson here. He's he's a consistent flex player. You know what you're gonna get out of him. To be completely honest, and I don't see anyone taking his specific role. I see someone taking a lead role. I don't know if that's Rob Kelly. I don't know if that's Matt Jones from the depths. I don't know if Keith it's Marshall. Keith Elite. Keith we don't know, or someone someone they uh, they draft. But at this point, I, I like Thompson's situation. I don't think anyone's going to siphon carries, and he's he's a guy that you can put in the slot too. He's not just uh, coming around the sure. backfield. You can do you can do things with Chris Thompson, and and I like that. So I, at this point, twenty six is is your prime. Twenty six is your prime. So I'm I'm going to take the shot on on Thompson there. All right. So yeah, that's that's going to do it for. Our fifth episode. We're we're really flying through. Yeah, we them. made it, guys. This five weeks have flown by. It seems like it's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. What are we gonna say at our hundredth episode? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You're the host. So you got a point. So I, at least <laughs> I have some time to think about what we're gonna do for the hundredth episode. You do, but you going literally from, have ninety five more episodes. I have ninety five. Ninety five weeks. Ninety five weeks. <laughs> 95 weeks. Yeah. Hopefully, I come up with something good. Yeah, a lot of pressure now. <laughs> we'll see. That's we'll so see. far away when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there sooner than you think. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for the fifth episode of the Elite Dynasty Podcast. My, I am your host, Eric Von Dunn, signing off. Chad, why don't you give him the Twitter? You already know, at Elite Dynasty 69 Go there, give it a follow if you haven't already. And subscribe to the podcast, rate it, share it with anybody that you know that loves some fantasy football. And you might as well follow at EFV40 <laughs> on Twitter. Stop doing it. I, I don't think I can at this point. You've gained no followers since you started doing this. But did I lose any followers? I'm going to unfollow you after this. Yeah, I might too. You got me. <laughs> um, well, that's going to do it. I we'll, uh, hope you guys tune in again next week. Follow everything. Peace. See you later. Peace.